How many of you worry about what other people think? If your hand's not up, you're lying. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas in personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Valley Podcast. I'm so excited about this speaker today. And first, I want you to know this talk is not just for parents. However, who we are listening to is one of the greatest parenting coaches I know, Shelly Lefko. Along with Shafali Sabari, Shelly has had a profound impact on my style of parenting. Now, Shelly is about belief hacking. She says that the number one job of a parent is ensuring that your child grows up with the right beliefs. So many parents forget this. We believe in Bullshit ideas like discipline, like indoctrinating the child in cultural traditions without taking into account that beliefs are the most important aspect of raising a child. You want to raise a child who has healthy beliefs and not raise a child who has beliefs that hold them back. Now, as you go through this talk, you'll understand that it's not just about parenting. It's not just for those of you who have children. It's for any one of you who was once a child, because you will understand what negative beliefs you might have taken on by your upbringing. Here are some of the beliefs that we're going to be talking about. I'm not good enough. I'm powerless. I'm not important. I'm good enough if I achieve things. I'm good enough if people think well of me. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. I don't have any of those beliefs. Bullshit. All of us do. They show up in different ways. When you say, I'm powerless, this is an internal script that shows up when you're at work and you have a suggestion or an idea for your company, but you fail to speak up. When you take on the belief of, I'm good enough, if people think well of me, this is when you might be in a job and you didn't get the appreciation or the praise you need and you feel unfulfilled and demotivated. But what if you can be immune to all of these negative, needy beliefs? You develop a new way of showing up in life, and a new potential for who you can be as a human being. So let's go deep with Shelley Lefko to understand the power of beliefs and how to heal and transform negative beliefs. And this is the Mind Valley Podcast. How many of you are parents, teachers, grandparents, or have a child in your life that you love? How many of you were handed a manual when you walked out of the birthing center or the hospital? Yeah, that's what I thought. Nobody. And yet, if somebody said to you, you're going to be responsible for the emotional, physical, spiritual, intellectual development of a human being, would you say, piece of cake, easy peasy? I don't think so. And even though we want the best for our children, not one of them came with an instruction manual. Parenting is the greatest joy and the greatest challenge we will ever have in our lives. And yet, no one hands us a manual. We are in the trenches every day. And whether you're a parent, a grandparent, a teacher, we have to think on our feet. 
We have to get our kids to do what we want them to do. And it's not an easy task. I am here to help. Today, I want to talk to you about what I have learned over the past 30 years, helping people transform their lives and transform the way in which we parent. I am honored to be here. And I'm here because I am a child advocate. I'm here because I am committed to you, helping you to raise your children so that they could have great lives. And I'm here because I'm passionate about kids having great lives. Now, one thing I know for sure, parenting can be stressful. There was no umbilical cord. These days, babies are connected by Bluetooth. I know you care about cleaning up the planet. Your bedroom is part of the planet. Look, we're sorry. If we had known you were going to be a writer, we'd have been better parents. <laughs> Why do I need to learn potty training? Is it something I'll use later in life? Will it help me get into a good college? Do chicks dig guys who are potty trained? Now, there is no such thing as a perfect parent. I was not the perfect parent. You can ask my kids. So it's great to find the humor in all of this, but I want to share with you what I have learned over the past 30 years of helping people transform their lives and helping people get rid of the negative patterns that plague us. I have worked with people with getting rid of every negative pattern imaginable, from procrastination to people-pleasing, from dating anxiety to depression, and from fear to feeling inadequate. And I see how these patterns impact our lives every day. How many of you, now you've got to be honest, how many of you procrastinate? How many of you put other people's needs before your own? How many of you worry about what other people think? If your hand's not up, you're lying. <laughs> that was the one that ran my life. So here's the thing. What if we could raise our kids without these problems? What if we could raise empowered kids who were free to be their authentic selves. I promise you, when you leave here today, you are going to know how to do just that. Now, remember, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. So before we jump in, I want to tell you, please do not sit here with guilt. You'll handle all of it by the time I'm finished. And I'm also going to use the word parent. And if you're a teacher or a grandparent or a child educator, just hear it. It's just too complicated to keep saying that. Okay, I'm going to tell you about Betty and Bobby. Betty has the beliefs, I'm not good enough, I'm not important, and mistakes and failures are bad. Bobby does not have any of these beliefs. He has the beliefs, 
I am good enough, and I am important, and mistakes and failures are learning opportunities. Which one of them is likely to be more successful? Likely to have better relationships, likely to be happier. So call it out. One, two, three. Bobby. Bobby, obviously. So what is it that determines how our children's lives turn out? How our lives turn out? How our kids' lives turn out? So what is it that's going to determine whether your child grows up to be? Confident, successful, self-reliant, contributing human being, or they grow up to struggle, to be depressed, to be dependent on others. Now, most people would think, well, it's grades, it's the school they went to, it's discipline or a strong work ethic. Now, I'm not saying that all these things are not important, but as you could see with Betty and Bobby, ultimately it is their beliefs that will totally determine how their lives turn out. So, if your child grows up with the beliefs, "I'm not lovable," "I'm not capable," "I'm inadequate," how is that going to impact? Their lives. So you could see that beliefs are at the heart and the core of our children's well-being, underlying basically every problem that we have are the beliefs that cause them. So where do we get these beliefs from? Where do they come from? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> So, first of all, babies, children, come into this world as little balls of consciousness, and they don't know anything about themselves, life, or people. They just don't know anything. So they look at us, their parents, the significant adults in their lives, and they begin to figure it out. Now, how do they figure it out? Well. When you walk in at the end of the day, what does your three or four-year-old do when they see you? Run. Every client in the world. I have clients in Uganda, and when I ask that question, they say they run to me. And what do they want? Hugs. So the first thing they want is affection, right? Then what do they want? Attention. Exactly. Then the third thing they want: acknowledgement. So. Here's the thing: you walk in the house, and they run to you, and they go, "Mommy, mommy, daddy," and they want you to pick them up and hold them, and then they say, "Mommy, daddy, play with me, read to me, be with me, watch me." Then they want you to say, "Look, I can do a cartwheel," and they want you to say, "Wow, look what you did," and depending on what you say or don't say, they form beliefs. Now. What is the one-word question every child asks all day long? Why? I ask people who don't even have kids, and they know that. Why? So, why am I not getting hugs and kisses? Oh, I guess I'm not lovable. Why am I not getting attention? And they conclude, well, I guess I'm not important. <laughs> 
well, why can't I live up to mommy and daddy's expectations? Well, I guess I'm not good enough. And this is how all our beliefs get formed. Children want affection, attention, and acknowledgement. So if that's true, what is the number one job we have as parents? I'll tell you in a minute. In order to become an adult without limits, we have to raise kids with positive beliefs. So your number one job as a parent is to be the belief shaper. Now, this is the most important thing I'm going to say in my talk, so you can write this down. Your number one job is to parent in a way that has your child conclude positive beliefs about themselves and life. I'm going to repeat that. Your number one job is to parent your children so that they conclude positive beliefs about themselves and life, period. Now, if you're sitting here and you're saying to yourself, oh God, my child has that belief already, or you have a teenager, all beliefs can be reversed. I promise, it's what I do all day long. So not to worry, if you listen, I will tell you how. So I'm going to share with you the five most common beliefs, the five most common beliefs that could stand in the way of your child having a successful, joyful life. Belief number one, the most common belief that people have is, I'm not good enough. Most common belief. If your child ends up with the belief, I'm not good enough, are they going to think that anything's possible or are they going to be filled with self-doubt? Self-doubt, right? So the antidote is to have realistic expectations for your children. Now, let me give you an example. Has anybody ever seen a five-year-old who wants to sit still in a restaurant? No, right? I mean, five-year-olds don't want to sit still in restaurants. But do we say to them, honey, I know you're five years old and you're full of energy and you want to run around, but you can't. It disturbs people. Let's play a game at the table. How many times have you heard that in a restaurant? No, this is what you hear. Get over here right now. Sit down. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? Hmm, I must not be good enough. Okay, here's a story. My client, Hannah, shouted, how did this bird poop get all over the living room carpet? Hannah used to complain all the time about having to clean out the birdcage. So one day, eight-year-old Susie says to herself, I'm going to surprise mommy and clean out the birdcage. So she runs home from school, cleans out the birdcage, takes the bag, puts it on the cocktail table, and goes to her room to play. Nelson, the family golden retriever, gets the bag and sprays it all over the carpet. Hannah walks in the house, sees the bird poop and screams, Susie, what happened? What did you do? And Susie's little face just deflated. 
And Hannah said to me, Shelly, was I wrong to yell at her? And I said, I want to ask you a question. Did you ever meet an eight-year-old who thinks like this? I'm going to surprise mommy. Hmm, if I put this bird poop on the cocktail table, the dog's like, no, they're out to lunch, gone with the wind. I'm going to surprise mommy, boo, next. So, what would Susie say if she got screamed at for trying to surprise her mom? I'm not good enough. So here's a skill to keep your children from having that belief. Validate feelings. Most important skill you'll ever learn as a parent. Give information and listen, everybody. Don't criticize. And we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. I promise you. I made mistakes. You'll make mistakes. Trust me. But this is what we're shooting for, okay? This is the ideal. So Hannah could have said to Susie, Susie, you wanted to surprise me. You hear me complain all the time about the birdcage. I'm so touched, sweetheart. So it looks like we had a good learning opportunity here. What'd you learn? You got to think ahead. You got to stop and think for a minute because, you know, Nelson's here. Maybe you should have thrown it right in the garbage. Let's put on some music and vacuum. So if your child has the belief, I am good enough, they will feel free to make mistakes and not beat themselves up. They can be their authentic selves and not feel like they have to do anything to be good enough, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. They just are. Belief number two, I'm powerless. If your child has this belief, they may become compliant and give in to others or become rebellious or a bully, proving all the time that they have power. The antidote, don't force get to the source. So write this one down. Don't force get to the source of the problem. I have a Rolls Royce in my mouth. So when I was little, I didn't brush for long enough and I certainly didn't floss resulting in every tooth in my mouth being capped to the tune of what a Rolls Royce would cost. So needless to say, I was a crazy person as a parent for having my kids brush and floss. Now, Brittany did not like to brush her teeth. Brittany did not like to do anything. That's another story. So every night I would say, okay, honey, I'd pull out the skill bag and say, do you want to fly into the bathroom? Or should we march into the bathroom like a marching band? Or should we roll like a wave? And I'd get down on the floor and roll like a wave into the bathroom. And I would finally get her into the bathroom. And she wouldn't brush her teeth. Well, this particular night, I'm over it. I'm done. I'm done. You know those moments, parents, you're done, right? So I find myself with my arm around her little neck and her toothbrush poised in my hand. And I'm ready to jam it into her mouth. And this little voice in my head said, Shelly, at what cost? 
at what cost? If she concludes, I'm powerless, is it worth it? So I put down the toothbrush. I said, honey, I'm not going to force you to brush your teeth. I said, but if you don't brush your teeth, you're going to lose your teeth. And this is what you're going to sound like. Hello, my name is Brittany. I don't have any teeth because I didn't brush when I was little. And she starts to laugh and I start to laugh and it broke the mood. And then I said, what is it about brushing your teeth that you don't like? And she said, mommy, the toothbrush scratches my gums. Boom. Source of the problem. The toothbrush scratches my gums. Well, we'll get you a soft toothbrush. So here's the skill that will keep your children from forming the belief, I'm powerless. You can get your kids to do anything without taking away their power. Now, remember, these are the five most common beliefs I work with every day for 30 years with people just like you and me. So here's the skill. Ask questions and do not ask why questions. Ask what questions. So how many people have ever asked a child why? Did they ever say, I don't know? <laughs> Always, right? And even if you knew why, why is not a powerful question. Because even if you know why, there's nothing you could do about it. That's why some of us sit in therapy for 20 years. But if you ask what, now remember, the antidote was don't force, get to the source. And the skill is ask what questions. What about brushing your teeth do you not like? Now listen, if your kid doesn't want to go to school, get to the source of the problem. What is it about school that you don't like? What's happening there? They may be being bullied. They may not understand and they're not learning well. The teacher may be being mean to them. That's information you need as a parent. This skill is so important. Get to the source. If your kid doesn't like broccoli, what is it about broccoli that you don't like? Well, it's too crunchy. Okay, let's try spinach. Get to the source of the problem. If your child has the belief, I have the power to impact my circumstances, they will never again be victims and they will live as if anything is possible. Belief number three. I'm not important. If your child has this belief, they will not ask for what they want because they won't think it's important. They won't speak up for themselves. And they will end up allowing other people to take their spotlight. I'm not important. The antidote, let your children, make sure your children know that they are important to you. Make sure they feel important to you. Let me tell you a story. I fell in love with my client named Laura the minute I saw her on Zoom. She was warm. She was friendly. She was just cute as a button, just a delicious woman. And she told me that she'd been in a relationship for five years with a man who wouldn't marry her, wouldn't live with her, and would blow her off 
at the last minute, break dates. She said, Shelly, I keep promising that I'm going to break up with him, and I never do. So we uncover the first belief, I'm not important. Where did that come from? When Laura was little, every time she wanted her mom's attention, her mom would say, not now, honey. So Laura would run in and say, mommy, mommy, play with me. Could we have a tea party, mommy? Not now, honey, I'm busy. Mommy, mommy, look, I could do a cartwheel, watch me. Not now, honey, I'm on the phone. So after hearing this enough times, Laura concluded, I'm not important, and ends up in a relationship where somebody treats her like this. So here's the thing. You may be sitting there thinking, am I supposed to drop everything every time my kid wants my attention so I don't screw him up? No. That would be unrealistic, and it wouldn't even be good for your child. But here's the thing. You cannot give your child attention and still not have them form the belief, I'm not important. So let me tell you a story. Sunday morning brunch. Morty and I, my late amazing husband, were sitting outside at a table, and very close to us at this little table is a woman, a young woman with her little girl. And she's staring intently at her phone. Now, you may have never seen anybody do that. <laughs> Last night, I swear to God, I swear I went into my hotel lobby. There's a man, a woman, and their two children, and they're all looking at devices. It was bizarre. So this woman is looking at her phone, and her little girl is talking to her. And I do something I usually don't do. I lean over and I said, excuse me, I'm a parenting educator. Can I share something with you? And she said, sure. Now, in the past, <laughs> I've gotten some nasty <laughs> defensiveness, so I don't usually do this anymore, but I just couldn't help it. So I said to her, when you're talking to your child and you're staring at your phone, she's likely to conclude, I'm not important. And she looks at me like this. Oh my God, that's exactly how I feel when my husband does that to me. <laughs> thank you. So thank God she was open. Now, some of you may be thinking, what if I have to travel? If you have to travel, here's the skill. Call your child on Skype or Zoom or whatever you use. 10 minutes, 10 minutes. How was your day? Tell me about the game. Was it fun? Did you win? Tell me everything and just listen. And the child walks away from that call going, I must be really important. My mom or dad called me all the way from Italy. Now, if your child has the belief, I am important, they will expect to be taken seriously. They will speak up for themselves. This is a game changer. Very, very important belief. This is what it would look like 
if our children really asked for what they wanted. They can listen to me, listen to me. Like, like I do this all the time. And if I go out at the, at the house or the door, Patrick has his toys, and then Matthew has all his toys. Okay, but I have to yell at you guys. Okay, what? Like everything they do at this house, they can't trust everything at Grandma's house. Okay. Okay, then what? Then you're not listening to me. Then you're not listening to me. <laughs> okay. Belief number four. This belief. What makes me good enough is achieving things. This is the belief that underlies workaholism. What makes me good enough is achieving things. So if your child has this belief, grows up with this belief, they will never feel that it's okay to just be. They will become workaholics, perfectionists, but they will have to impress people in order to be good enough because they don't feel that they are. Here's the antidote. Make sure your children know that who they are matters, not just what they do. I'll tell you a story. A client of mine named Brad, who owned a very successful financial planning firm, called me and he said, Shelly, I am on the cover of business publications. I'm worth $10 million. My wife is ready to leave me. I don't know my kids. I keep promising I'm going to go home, have family dinners, make the play, the recital, and I don't leave the office. I have no hobbies. I don't see friends. I'm exhausted. He said, I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to lose everything. Help. Of course, Brad had the belief, what makes me good enough is achieving things. So here's the skill. Acknowledge your children for who they are. So most of us talk to kids like this. Oh, you got an A. Oh, you didn't get an A. Did you do your chores? Did you do your homework? Did you take out the garbage? Oh, you took out the garbage. Thank you. So we raise human doings. Rarely do we say to them, write this down. You are such a joy to be with. I love being with you. You're fun. Oh, you're so kind to your sibling. Acknowledge them for who they are. Now, I'm going to share a personal story with you. So three and a half years ago, my beloved, magnificent husband passed. And we had a memorial service. And we had 100 people. And when I asked if anyone would like to share, person after person stood up. And this is what they said. He was the most loving man I'd had ever met. He made me feel important when I talked to him. I always felt like I was the only person in the room. Two of my friends said, I knew him for over 40 years, and I never heard him say a bad word about anybody. My daughter, Blake, the first one, stood up and said, I not only knew I was loved unconditionally 
every day of my life by my dad, but I never felt judged. That's what they say, and she's not going to say that about me, by the way. <laughs> okay. When you die, when you leave this earth, no one's going to talk about your GPA, or what school you graduated from, or how much money you're worth. No one cares. They talk about what you meant to them, who you were. Now, if your child has the belief. I am good enough. I don't have to do anything to be good enough. They will feel free to just be, to go for it in life. They won't have to prove themselves. They can take downtime. They can spend time with family. This one's another game changer. Human beings, not human doings. Okay. What makes me good enough is having other people think well of me. This is the belief that ran my life. If your child has the belief, what makes me good enough is having other people think well of me. They are not free to be their authentic selves. They will be more invested in what other people think than what makes their heart sing. The antidote: let them know that they are. Okay, no matter what anybody thinks. Now, tell you a story. I was blessed. My mother was an angel. She was love on legs, and all she wanted was for me to be happy. So, how did I end up with this belief? Because if I said to my mother, "Mom, I wasn't invited to Sheila's birthday party." <gasps> You weren't invited. Think Brooklyn Jewish. And if I was, I'd say, "Oh, Sheila invited me to the party. <gasps> you were invited. Oh, the popular girls asked you into their sorority. <gasps> And if I wanted to cut my hair, she'd say, 'Oh, they're all wearing their hair long. They, the famous they. My brother used to say, 'Mom, how come I never met them? They never come over when I'm home.'" Who are they? They're all wearing their hair long. They're all wearing long skirts. So I started to get the message that what made me good enough was having other people think well of me, and that kept me from being my authentic self for a long time. And I would walk away from conversations going, "Does she like me? Am I okay?" Keaton was at the party last night. Did, did I talk to him? Did I spend enough time with him? No. Oh, oh my God! Constant jabber, and I dressed not to raise any eyebrows, not too outrageous. Why? Because it wasn't about me expressing myself. It was about what is this one going to think? Now. When I got rid of this belief, it was my Martin Luther King Jr. moment because I was free at last, free to be my authentic self. Now, listen. If I'm not worried about what you think of me, where's my attention? On you, on making a contribution. It's not on me. It's not on. Do you like me? Do I look okay? Do you like my pants? Are they too much? No. It's on you. I want to make a contribution to you. Now. Unfortunately, when I first had children, I hadn't gotten rid of this belief yet. 
So I almost did the same thing to my daughter. My daughter was what we call an alternative kid. She was very different. Like she always dressed differently. I lived in this little town called Westport, Connecticut, and it was very kind of not conservative, but she was just different. She wasn't a cheerleader. She was just different. And I started to give her shit about it. You know, oh honey, we're going to a party. Can you put on something a little more appropriate? And I saw what I was doing. So I eliminated this belief. And I'm going to tell you what happened. So Blake went to a little alternative school, think hippie school, and it goes up to the eighth grade, and it's eighth grade graduation, and all the girls, all twelve of them, decided that they're going to wear white dresses. And Blake, being not a white dress kind of girl, said, "Yeah, no, I'm not wearing a white dress." So here we are at graduation. Eleven girls in white dresses and Blake in jeans and a T-shirt. And I looked at my mother and I said, "Yes, I got my job done." <laughs> I broke the chain of dysfunction from going down to one more generation. So if your child ends up with the belief, "I am good enough," no matter what anybody thinks. Now here's the skill. This is very, very important. Tell your children, no matter what you do, somebody's not going to like it. So you may as well do what you want. Thank you. But before you do, and this is key, I'm telling you, this is one of the best things I'm going to tell you, because this could save your kid's life. No matter what you do, somebody's not going to like it. So you may as well do what you want. But before you do, stop and ask yourself. What might the consequences be of my actions, and do I want to live with those consequences? So Brittany went to a party up at the top of the hill where I lived in Fairfax, and there was no cell service up there. And she gets into the car, and the designated driver had a drink. And somebody said, "I saw you have two drinks," and she said, "Yeah, I'm going to walk down the hill." And luckily, her friend decided to walk with her. So. She gets home, and I had been drilling this thing into my kid's head since they're little. No matter what you do, somebody's not going to like it. So she walks in the house, and she says to me, "Mom, you're going to be so happy." I actually said to myself, "What will the consequence be if I stay in this car? Not what will people think if I get out?" When your kid gets to high school, the last thing you want them asking themselves is, "What's anybody going to think if I don't have unprotected sex, if I do drugs, or if I cut school?" You want them asking, "What will the consequence be of those actions?" So, if your child has the belief, "I'm good enough, no matter what anybody thinks," they will be free to be their authentic self, and there is no greater gift that you could give your child in. This world. So, what if we could shift the paradigm of parenting from "I am the boss of my child" to "I am my child's guardian angel"? How would you speak to them, and what would you do differently? So, remember, your number one job. Is to parent your child in a way that has them form positive beliefs about themselves and life. You are the belief shaper. May 
all your children grow up free from the limiting beliefs that will keep them from having the lives that you wish for them. Thank you. So this talk was filmed at Mind Valley University in Croatia. And if you enjoyed the idea shared here, I want to encourage you to join us for our next installment of Mind Valley University. It's going to be happening in Amsterdam in July 2020, July 13 to August 2nd to be exact. We have about a thousand people joining us for anywhere from a few days to three weeks. Yes, this is a three-week event, probably the longest event in personal growth. And over three weeks, we have hundreds and hundreds of talks, parties, socials, masterminds, and opportunities for you to become the best damn individual you can be while creating the best darn friendships you can create in your life. Check it out at mindvalley.com forward slash you. It is one of the most life-changing experiences you can have. And I pretty much designed this because I wanted myself and my kids to experience something new every year. And I thought, why stay stuck in one city? So I made a promise to my family to move to a different city for one month every year. Mind Valley University resulted because I'm not the kind of guy who will do these things alone. I got to take a thousand people with me. And because I'm going with my kids, I don't just bring in teachers for adults. We bring in some of the most remarkable teachers of children. So your kids also, if you have them, get to experience remarkable classes and trainings and friendship with other children from ages three to 17. So anyway, check it out, mindvalley.com forward slash you. And this could just be one of the most brilliant decisions you make in your life because of the change that you experience after you go through it. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share this on Instagram as an Instagram story. We love seeing those. Don't forget to tag me and tag Mindvalley, and we might just reshare your story. Thank you so much for being a Mindvalley fan. I will see you on the next podcast. Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.